0: And we're live. Thank you for sticking with us for yet another episode of the sci Oh, I did it again. I'm going to owe Doc some money for messing that up. You would think after, I don't know, two years at this point, I would get the right one. But hey, are you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans? It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just three nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies a place where magic is king. The sky is the limit and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, we're going to introduce you to our guest and then we're going to get to uh, to what we're here for. So first, uh, Jeffrey H. Haskell is what you publish as. So can you introduce yourself to our audience?
1: Hey, JR. Yeah, Jeffrey H. Haskell. Pretty easy. Um, it's actually my real name. So I just don't normally go by Jeffrey. Uh, the uh, You can call me Jeff in person, but Jeffrey H. looked better on a book than Jeff did (laughs) look more official Uh, I write uh, superheroes and military sci-fi and lately have been killing it with my latest military sci-fi series my first military sci-fi series really Um, and it's also the whole reason I'm here
0: All right, so for those of you who don't know, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Dragon Award. So it's a fan-voted, and I stole it shamelessly from their Wikipedia. So it's a fan-voted award that recognizes outstanding achievement in science fiction and fantasy literature, comics, gaming, and filmed entertainment. They are given out annually at DragonCon in Atlanta, Georgia, and have been going strong since 2016. The award process consists of two steps. The DragonCon, by the way, has been going longer. The award has been going since 2016. Uh, the process consists of two steps, a nomination step where each voter nominates a one choice work for each category, which we've already finished, and then a the voting step where the finalists, which Jeffrey is one of, are selected from the nominated works, and now you vote on the finalists to see who, uh, who the winner is. Uh, so participation, unlike other awards, is available to everyone, requiring no membership or other fees to vote. Always a good thing when you're on a budget, people. Uh, there are currently 15 categories for the award, Best Science Fiction Novel, Best fantasy, including paranormal novel. Best young adult slash middle grade novel. Best science military science fiction or fantasy novel. Best alternate history mo- novel. Best media tie-in novel. Best horror novel. Best comic book. Best graphic novel. <clears throat> I think they're the same thing. Uh, best sci-fi and fantasy TV series. Best sci-fi and fantasy movie. Best sci-fi and fantasy PC slash console game. Best sci-fi and fantasy or fantasy, excuse me, mobile game. Uh, another category for best sci-fi or fantasy board game, and finally, last but not least, we have best science fiction or fantasy miniatures, collectible card, or role-playing games. Uh, I expect all of the hate mail for my uh, comment that graphic novels and comic books were the same to go to Seska at BlastersandBladesPodcast dot com. She wants to hear all about it. I promise you, they're not the same. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think they are, but what do I know? It's just all right. Many, many
1: right,
0: Right, right. So, obviously, everybody, we've recently been nominated for the 2020, uh, 2022 nominations, so we're going to try to get as many of those guests as we can, sometimes in ones and twos, sometimes in panels, but uh, Jeffrey was free tonight, so here we are uh, as we record this. So, Jeffrey, can you tell people what you were nominated for, what category? Well, for, uh,
1: I've been writing since 2015, I've been published since 2016, and I have my entire life uh, I was part of the, I was in the army and always loved science fiction in my whole life I've wanted to write military science fiction, but when I started writing, I wasn't really that good. And I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to write military sci-fi and, you know, suck at it. So I practiced with other genres like superheroes and I dabbled in a little bit of urban fantasy and wrote a lot of short stories and just really tried to hone my craft. And so when 2020 happened, um, I had just gotten a contract with Athon Books to write a trilogy, uh, a military sci-fi trilogy, called Grimm's Award, um, and that's uh, that's what we're here for tonight. The The first book is called Against All Odds, and it's the one that's up for the awards. It's kind of an ironic title, considering who I'm up against, people like David Weber and Timothy Zahn, um, the odds are a little bit long for me to win, but I'm not going to give up hope. It's just not to be nominated with somebody like Timothy Zahn and David Weber in the same category. I got to say, it's a pretty big deal. Um, and Against All Odds is my homage to military sci-fi. It's it's the kind of military sci-fi I always want to read and have a hard time finding.
0: Okay, and so uh, if, if it wasn't clear, dear listener, when he's talking about the the book, it is specifically in the best. Um, Ooh, let me get this right. See, I've done this before, people. I promise you. Best military science fiction or fantasy novel is the category he's in. So yes, he is right. He is up against some stiff competition with David Weber, and I mean, doesn't he just win every year? One of these days, someone else will win, but you know, maybe this will I be have, the year.
1: I got a lot of people I know who've all lost to David Weber. So if I lose to David Weber, I'm going to make a shirt that says "I lost the da- I lost Dragon to David Weber" and all I got was this Slaughter shirt.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, at a certain point in time, like, you know, <laughs> just give him the grand award of all awards and then, you know, make it its own. The David Weber annual award He give, they give to him just so other people have a chance.
1: But, you know, listen, <laughs> losing, losing at military sci-fi to David Weber is like losing at basketball to Michael Jordan.
0: This you is true. are on this is the true.
1: field with Michael Jordan. You know, you're in the court, so to speak, with Michael Jordan. I'm on the field with David Weber. Uh, it doesn't get better than that.
0: Yeah, sure. No, name, it doesn't. But, yeah, so, he is the, the guy. So can you tell us a little bit about the book, Against All Odds, that you were nominated sure.
1: for? Um, I, The kind of military sci-fi I've always loved has been the, 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 the Navy ship, the all-encompassing military sci-fi. You know, there's ships, there's Navy people, there's Marines, there's spies, there's politics – and so when I went, went together to put Against All Odds, I, I created this universe that is actually fairly similar to the way the Earth is now, just because if you look at history, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And the, so I put together this big galaxy of these five or six different factions, and then, and then I built my story around this one character in one of these factions. And it's United Systems Alliance, and his name is Jacob T. Grimm. And he is a disgraced uh, starship captain who, um, when he wasn't a starship captain, he, he was, he had the con on a bridge. This is not a blurb, so I'm not like, there's no spoilers here. Uh, he had the con on a, on a ship, and which means he was in charge of the bridge, but he wasn't the captain of the ship. And they came under fire and he returned fire and they destroyed the enemy ships. But when they finally got to the what was left of the enemy ships, they found that they were, um, Full of children, dead children, and so everybody blamed him. It turns out the enemy faction that had set them up had basically used human shields inside these ships, so that they could have a political and um, media victory over the alliance. And so he's disgraced. Everybody else who was on the bridge, you know, they they retired or quit the navy. And he, but it was his dream to be in the navy, and his mother died in service in active duty service and um so he wasn't about to quit and it took a couple of years but then somebody needed a disposable captain and so they sent him off to the Interceptor which is the ship you see on the cover here. The um and it's a destroyer it's 45 years old at this point it's in badly needed for a refit. Uh when he's uh when he gets through it one of the turrets is open to space and they they haven't had the the bottom of the ship you see there's that's glowing as the engine and it's called a graph coil and they don't have one when he gets to the ship and just all the stuff he has to do to put it back together just to get it so that they can move it just so they can end up fighting pirates and slavers and you know all these other bad people so it's uh it's it's got all the stuff about and plus there's like a lot of crew building camaraderie in it you know he's got a crew that everybody's given up on and he's got to build them back up um and you make them believe in themselves again and you know just all the all the stuff i loved about being in the military all the the close-knit you know uh crew stuff along with all the action and cool vehicles and none of it's generic there's no generic blasters or hyperdrives or whatever it's all very specific it's almost like reading a military thriller or a military fiction book um but instead of M4s, they have MP17s, and instead of Humvees, they've got this, this six-wheel vehicle called a Mudcat. Um, instead of helicopters, they've got this uh, dropship called the Corsair. Everything was very specific. It kind of kind of modeled it after the way uh, GI Joe was. Um, you know, GI Joe always had these really cool names for all their vehicles and stuff. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I went for
0: okay so it sounds like um i think it was the movie was 12 o'clock high they had that uh, bomber the leper colony what was that the, they made the old black and white movie about if you if they got a bomber they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn he's going to you sort of as a punishment to the pilot sounds like you almost did that in space
1: kind of you know uh if you ever watched One silent One deep uh, which is okay. the old black movie or the old star the original star trek um i'm i've read a lot of science fiction and watched a lot of movies in my life and so it's all just an amalgamation of all that you know one of my favorite science fiction novels of all time is starship troopers and one of the things i loved about it was the not the movie by the way the book not one of the things i loved about it was um you know the roughnecks had this really tight-knit you know uh, squad um in run silent run deep the crew loved the captain um, Love the XO, and then he got replaced, and so it was a hard time for them to get over that. So you know, uh, Addy Murphy in um, uh, Helen back, you know, all that stuff worked uh, in my subconscious as I was planning this novel and plotting it out to to build the most authentic story I could build, but set in space. In space.
0: Okay, that. Um... Sounds interesting. And we'll have to have you back for a more uh, in-depth look at the actual book like we would normally do. But right now we're just here to talk about the Dragon Award nomination. So that's the book you were nominated for. It sounds interesting. So we'll, we'll link it in the show notes if you want to check it out. But so how did you find out you got nominated? Like how, how do they nominate you to, or tell you to like tie a rope, uh, a rock with a note and like throw it through your window or like how did you get the notice?
1: Well, Athan Books, my publisher and I, did a huge campaign to push for a nomination. I honestly never thought I would get nominated, to be honest, because I'm up against Craig Martell for nominations. I was up against a whole bunch of other people. I think Craig had a six-book series out that was. The first book was nominated for. You have people like Daniel Aronson, who's got a book that they were trying to get. He was trying to get nominated. You know, all these, you know, big author, big, big uh, authors trying to get their books nominated. Thankfully, Nick Cole and Jason Onspach weren't, uh, weren't nominated, trying to nominate a book this year, because then I don't think I would have made it. But um, the uh, – because those guys have just a legions of wild fans. Um, but when uh, – so we, we did the whole thing. The nominations closed August 1st. And I looked at my email to find out that um, they sent out their ballots every, every year on August 11th, because, you know, I've always voted in the Dragons. And um, – so on august 10th i got an email from a guy asking me what my email address was and he used my contact you on the on my website and i was like oh okay well here's my email address and that was all i heard and then on the 11th um the ballots came out and that's when i knew so nobody contacted me ahead of time
0: okay so what was your reaction to hearing that you'd actually successfully been nominated?
1: I ran through the house screaming like a chicken. Your poor <laughs> wife. Um, was she just
0: looking at you like you were she insane? Was right
1: behind me. She was right behind me screaming, too. Uh, no, uh, I ran to her, jumped up and down, told her I got nominated, showed her the list of people who were nominated with me. And, you know, she read Timothy Zahn's uh, uh, Star Wars books back in the day. I, obviously, am a huge fan of David Weber. He's a big influence on me, not only as a writer, but as a person. I, I love what he has to say um, uh, about writing. It's pretty great. And so, so uh, yeah, that was, and of course, I told my publisher immediately. They were trying to get nominated for a book called Cold as Hell uh, that Steve uh, uh, Bollier and Red Bruno, Bruno wrote, or I guess Jimmy Castle is his, his pen name. Whoops. Uh, <laughs>
0: Oh, he's pretty out there with it i don't think he not a secret.
1: yeah no <laughs> jimmy castle and us bruno wrote a book called cold as hell and they too were trying to get nominated in the horror stuff but they didn't make it so i let them know that i got nominated and they were pretty excited because um i guess not a lot of indies got nominated this year and so they were they were glad or you know small publishers they were glad to see me see me get on that list they were very uh, uh they've been very helpful in all kinds of things they made a website for me to, to show people on how to, how to vote for me, that kind of thing. And they're very um, behind me on my uh, promotion for getting people to vote for me so that I have a chance at winning.
0: Were you able to tell your extended family as well?
1: Yeah, it took me... I, I told them... They didn't really get it until I said that um, uh, I was on a ballot with Timothy Zahn, and then they got it. <laughs> <Because> they <all laughs> the too. I'm like, I'm up for a Dragon Award. And they're like, a what award? That's great, Jeff. I'm like, okay, Timothy Zahn is on this award. Like, oh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah.
0: Then they All right. so, uh, so how will your friends and family keep you grounded lest your head gets so swollen you float away? Because that's, you know, that's some lofty you, company to keep.
1: It's a problem. My editor is always like, you're the next Orson Scott card, Jeff. And I'm like, stop saying stuff like that. Um, it's not helpful. <laughs> it really isn't. Um, well my wife is also a writer and she's a fantastic writer and she's better than i am at writing so that's an easy way to keep grounded there's to read something that she wrote and be like oh but also no matter how no matter how good i get or whatever you know what i mean i'm always looking at the next level how okay i'm happy where i'm at but how can i improve so I'm not'm I'm not gonna be in a place where I'm gonna be all like I'm the greatest author in the world. I just this is not my personality. I um, I don't I don't really I don't have a big ego in that sense. Um, so we do get a little a little full of myself sometimes, but for the most part I'm pretty grounded.
0: So the benefit of having having you be a veteran is you've got enough military friends who can like just tell you uh, how horrible you are and not so many words just as a way of affection to keep you grounded that does sort of help. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I knew that your wife made covers because I bought some from her, but I didn't know because she's a, an amazing artist, but I didn't know she wrote too.
1: She did this cover here. Um, she painted this cover. So Oh, that's you know, that's amazing. This is all custom. She I think she used a model for the basis of the ship, but she painted like like 100% of it, um, changed it dramatically. She just used it like as the outline almost. Um, and I really wanted to have the, uh, the shark on the front. Because that's the emblem on the ship is the shark. is It's an interceptor, and it harkens back to the flying tigers of World War II, kind of thing. And um, the, uh, but yeah, she wrote an epic fantasy that I kid you not is some of the best stuff I've ever read in my life. And I just, she just, she's not they ready to publish it yet. She's just, you know. But when she does, it's gonna, it's going to be big. It's 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 just a really good book.
0: Since I'm sure she's going to listen to this, she can she can reach out and we'll have her on the show to talk about it because we do fantasy too. Not going to lie, I actually thought that was a Tom Edwards cover.
1: No, no, this is a Vivid covers Rebecca Haskell cover. Um, she um, last year she starts she's been doing covers since like 2014, I think. But last year she started selling a lot of ship covers, and she's probably like all of Athon's top-selling books have her covers on them. So. Okay. Um and I'm I should be thrilled to hear that you said that's a Tom Edwards cover because she thinks the world of Tom and she thinks he's just the best. So and you know, he is, he's really, really good. I mean he's and we, a
0: we met him when he went to Twenty Books Vegas. Uh, other than his pension for tea over coffee, he's a he's a good fella. Yeah, uh, a but, you know, what can, can you expect of the Brits? Yeah. So um but yeah, so that's that's an amazing cover. I really like it. So what do you think this nomination means to you as an author? um like obviously you could be as sappy as you want to we won't judge you if the ninjas jump out and start cutting onions by your eyeballs
1: (laughs) um you know it's it's still i'm still a little in shock to be honest um you know i didn't graduate college i don't have a degree and you know i I barely graduated high school i'm dyslexic Uh, i've got adhd so it's really hard for me to write Um, it takes a lot of extra work and a lot of tricks for me to write the uh, way i write but I, i have i have a burning passion to be better than i have better tomorrow than i am today and i've tried to do that with every single book and so to write this book have i think i have 2,000 reviews on it now in just three months have sold you know thousands upon thousands of copies and to have people respond the way they've responded it's not just oh hey i read your book it's really good it's like people messaging me like this is just like when i was in the navy or this is just like like i was in the army or this helped me with my PTSD stuff like that. Just that's that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to really reach people and and give them this like super authentic experience. So to have it recognized with the Dragon Award is just kind of amazing. And uh, you know, I'm still, like I said, I'm still a little bit of shock. If I if I win, uh, I'll be I'll probably pass out before I can walk up and accept the award. I will be there, by the way. I don't know if you guys are planning on being there, but I was well, Doc
0: obviously will be.
1: I wasn't gonna, but then um, um a bunch of people offered to help me get there. so i will be I will be at the award ceremony and the dinner and the night before and the con as a whole. yeah it should be pretty great. So yeah, it means a lot to me. It just it's it's recognition for years and years and years of hard work and getting up at five a m and writing every morning and dragging my work over the coals to make it better and to never to never give up and never surrender like i'm always telling people from uh from galaxy quest you know it's like the best so advice excellent
0: to line yeah you,
1: know, you, you the only way to quit it the only way to fail is to quit and i just i just really wanted to succeed at this and you know here i am getting the dragon i've been nominated for dragon award um this book is outsold by itself every single book i've ever written um and this book outsold all of it in three months. So it's, it's, it's pretty amazing.
0: I'm not saying it was because your wife did the cover this time, but I'm not oh, not right. saying that either. She's done
1: all yeah. my covers, but I mean, it was this cover really... It, she really it's it's
0: amazing. She, she's yeah. knocked her... like She's she's leveled up, I would say, with her also, artistic well, skills. You
1: know, to be honest, too, I, mean, I owe a lot of my success to Athan. They really, they really believed in this book. I know it's such a cliche thing to say, but um, I showed it to a lot of people uh like Jonathan uh, Brazy and Chris Fox and Daniel Aaronson and a whole bunch of other great military sci-fi authors and I was like hey I know you guys are busy but can you read this book and give me like a sales blurb and so I got about 10 blurbs back and they were really just like you know I don't I think you know Jonathan Brazy I mean he's yep. no nonsense if he likes something it's because it's good and he gave me just the best blurb and I gave it all the Athon before I turned the book in and it blew them away and so they really got behind on the marketing on this book so I, I owe a lot of my success to to how hard they worked to market the book and get it in front of people um jonathan's
0: an interesting fella so i've interviewed him a few times we met in person at at stake at, in vegas when i went that year and he's one of those ones because he's read so much and watch so much of the sci-fi like I, I can't name an era of sci-fi he probably hasn't read most of the books in it so we've had him on the show a couple times and we have to gently remind him like i'm glad you want to like gush about all the books out there and it's great but we want to pimp your book today <laughs> you, you know, know i'm I just saying
1: awesome i could go on and on about books like dune and ninja's game and uh you know uh, starship troopers and you know the isaac Asimov's lucky star books i could just go on and on i love all you have space and will travel and just you know um there's about a million sci-fi novels and i love them all and i've read just a ton and it helps it really does it helps you it helps you when you're when you're trying to stand on someone's shoulders it helps you to know what they have done and if you don't if you haven't read what's come before you it's really hard to 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 add to it you end up re- rebuilding it and reinventing it and that doesn't
0: help you at all no and it's one of the things that I admire about you personally because you know you and I I don't know if you remember we actually met in Vegas when I went
1: yeah know, we did yeah, yeah. Charles and so uh,
0: like, yeah and so as someone who you know with with my head injury I have to work twice as hard to get half as much words done as someone else to see you what you're able to speed out with your um, with your dyslexia which I know is no easy feat Oh, uh, that, so that's cool. impressive. Well, I, so I don't you know about out.
1: speed. It took me two years to write three books. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you've got more out right now than I do. So, you know, sometimes sometimes it's just one of those things you just, you know, you just can't give up. Because if nothing else, you know, when you've got kids, you've got to show them that it doesn't matter what life does to you. You just got to keep standing up and keep fighting because what else are you going to do? You
1: know, this so, business, like, like every business, is 90% mindset. You know you just have to you just have to fight and struggle and it, yeah it's it sucks when you've got a head injury um from the military or if you've got you know dyslexia or whatever or ptsd where you can't sit in a room with a door and have it be behind you uh you know or bad arms or shoulders or whatever you just have to struggle through that and just work harder because can succeed at this and I, yeah that's the one thing i wanted more than anything else to show my kids that success in life is about what you're willing to do not what other people are willing to give you
0: yes so is this is this your first nomination
1: yeah absolutely this is my first nomination for anything it's my first right. sci-fi novel too so
0: well you, you nailed it out of the park so obviously we're all readers as well as as writers i don't i've never met a single author who's like yeah i hate books uh so wow wait I what actually books too well that's an interesting thing we'll have to talk about that offline because uh <laughs> i haven't met many any of them personally and i've met lots of authors so we've we've talked about what this means to you as an author what do you think this award means to the fans since it's you know they're as integral to the process unlike some awards where you know you get a pay to enter or it's only other professionals like i think the hugo is the one that's uh you're, you're nominated by your peers uh, this one is specifically of for and by the fan. So so what do you think, you know, this means for your readers?
1: You know, it's kind of a big deal. I, I hope they appreciate all the hard work that they, they put into it, you know, because if you gotta go to the website, you gotta sign a form, you gotta fill out a bunch of stuff, you know, wait for an email, you gotta remember what's who's this email from. I mean, it's not it's not like it's just like go here, click this and you're done. And so it's kind of cool because it's like there's enough people in the world that that, that wanted me to win this award for this book that they went to all that trouble to to vote for it. And that, to me, that's just that's just amazing. And to have it be fan generated is just, I don't know, it's I still have a hard time believing that that many people read this book and liked it so much. <laughs> but they did. Yeah. You know, you don't get 2000 reviews because nobody read your book.
0: This is true. So, do you think we'll see an expansion of the categories in the future?
1: Uh, You know, uh, I'm not super familiar with who runs the Dragon Awards. Uh, It would be nice if there was, if military sci fi was its own category. Um, It's a little weird because the way they word it, it says military sci fi and fantasy, like any fantasy novel could be there. But then what they mean is military fantasy as well. And that's not like a huge genre, but I think it's growing. So, um, it'd be neat if they would separate those out. Uh, in the future, because there's plenty of military sci-fi books that are deserving of the award. I just happen to be the one that had, you know, some really riled up fans to to make it happen. Um, There are plenty of great authors who put out really fantastic books every single year. And so really, it's just like anybody could have been nominated for this award. Not anybody, but, you know, there are dozens of authors who are good enough to have been nominated. I just happen to be the one who had the fans who were like, we're going to make this happen.
0: So right now, I think if it was up to me and I, you know, I had the ear of whoever made these decisions and I don't, but like, I'd probably put uh, graphic novel and comics together. And then I would add something for, you know, short fiction or anthology, like a short story or an anthology of short stories. And I would like to see something for the cover art. Cause I mean, cover art's been stepping it up lately. Like if you've seen some of this art that comes out of there, like it's amazing. If I was doing it, that's the two things I would add is I'd add something for cover art and something for short fiction. But I'm a little biased, I love short fiction. Like that was my entry into reading. I did a lot of, um, in the waiting room, while my sisters were doing the Girl Scouts and whatnot. So you'd read a lot of those Reader's Digest. So it's just a bunch oh, of short yeah. stories, the Reader's Digest for kids. And so that's sort of where I got passionate about reading. So I'd love to see that get some sort of recognition at the dragons, but.
1: It would be anyway. neat. It'd be neat to have a cover category because some of the cover artists who work in the indie area are better than anybody working at all. I mean, like, I mean, not that she's my wife, so of course I'm going to say this, but not just Rebecca and Vivid covers, but you know, Tom Edwards. If you, if it wasn't for the fact that Trad Pub sells to bookstores and not readers, they would be using him for their covers. You know, so it's just kind of, it's just kind of. Uh, it would be cool if there was a cover award cover design
0: award for each of the... Covers. I have some I, I, I'm a little bias obviously I've hired your wife to do some work uh, I like her work for Vivid vivid Covers I believe is the actual website I'll, I'll link it in the show notes to your listener if you want yeah, to check it out her, her gallery is, is awesome uh, I like Tom Edwards although he's pricey uh if you want custom if you want the stock art stuff they they do kind of start to look the same but the art is amazing jamie glover for herculean designs i think used to be the name he's changed it a few times on me but jamie glover is really good um and there's just some amazing there's just Jeff some amazing Brown art out there and jay me.
1: caleb are fantastic um
0: chris calais too i'm probably calais, calais, i'm butchering his name we've had him on the show he's a really friendly guy but um, his his uh, his photo manipulation stuff is a uh, it's top notch. So and Gene, well, yeah, there's a lot of the
1: uh, he does the uh, like photographs. Like he actually comes to the studio, has costumes designers, and does photographs. I've seen that. You know, yeah, it's pretty good. MD doing.
0: Cooper did that with his Aeon fourteen mm-hmm. universe. He actually they hired a, a model and they like built out the cosplay and then they took a bunch of post pictures against a green screen so they could use them. Like, there's, there's a lot of talent out there that sometimes the hard part is there's not enough, so you end up, like, wanting to book a cover. Well, yeah, in three years we'll have a slot kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But, um, so obviously you would vote for your own books, or you did, because there's nothing stopping you. But if you had to vote for any of the other books that were in your category, David Weber.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. David Weber. His book, the book he wrote with timothy zahn is really really cool it's like a, i don't like prequels I, I am not a fan of prequels uh, i'm not a fan of side quills you know um mostly because stories are built around characters and once you take a character out of that story that wasn't the main character you end up with a character that is a foil for another character without the foil being there so for instance the catwoman movie right catwoman is nothing without batman why did you have a catwoman movie so he did a C he did a prequel set a few hundred years before Honor Harrington, where they were first figuring out the Warshawski sales and stuff, and called insurrection, I think is what it's called. And uh oh my gosh, it's so good. I read it, I couldn't believe how good it was. David Weber, top of his game, you know, him and Timothy Zahn, uh just just knocked it out of the park. So good. So yeah, I totally vote for him. Uh, I'm honestly expecting him to win. <laughs>
0: I really like che- uh Jay and Cheney and Terry Maggart's uh, "Backyard Starship." Pretty good.
1: It's on my list um, to read just because it spawns so many knockoffs. It, you know, it, Yeah, there's there's a lot in that, in fun that fun
0: theme. Stuff. Mark Wayne McGinnis did the um, ba- uh, something similar. There's lots of the idea of finding the you know the starship hidden among the whatever. Uh, it's a fun theme. I mean, there's a reason people. Yeah, there's a reason people keep coming back to it, uh, and then uh I, I couldn't go anywhere without jack campbell's resolute because his his um lost fleet series uh jack campbell um j j john henry i think is the other name he publishes as those are amazing and i, I tend to like supporting other veterans as well and both jeff and and um john henry jack campbell were were veterans as well so i, I
1: liked the, the the first book in the Lost fleet it wasn't quite to my taste it was it was a little more space opera than the military sci-fi which is not a bad thing. I mean, there's there's a there's a gradient, right? I mean, you, you don't have like, this is military sci-fi, and if, if it isn't exactly this, you know, it's something else. So there's a gradient in military sci-fi. You can lean toward hard science fiction, which is what I do, and you can lean towards space opera, and that's what Jack Campbell does. Uh, but the, his Lost Sleep books are very, very well written and, and, and very enjoyable books.
0: So those were traditionally published, so there was a definite gap between each of the books. And you can definitely tell that when the narrator starts at the beginning, how he gets better, and mm-hmm. it's the same with with uh, with Jack. His books like they start getting better as it goes along, and it's almost you can watch his career evolve in real time if you listen to it back to back, because you know obviously when we re- when I found him, the series was done, the first series was anyway, and so to see, see years of work sort of crunched down into several hours was was entertaining. Yeah, hopefully all right, you get so, better we're gonna. Show, right? Yeah, that's the goal. But to uh, so bring this back to you and your book, Against All Odds. So let's, uh, you know, rub the crystal ball and we find out you actually won this award. You win the the best military science fiction or fantasy uh, for twenty twenty two. What are you going to do to celebrate?
1: I'm going to Disney World. Uh, no, I really, <laughs> have, I really have going to Disney World. My family is taking a, a vacation in January, at Disney World, but uh, having nothing to do with winning the award um you know i'll probably drop dead on the stage Uh, i've heard that you give a little like a tiny little speech like a couple of sentences Uh, i love giving speeches um so i it might be more than a couple little sentences um but the the award comes out on sunday night i'll fly home on monday uh probably take rebecca to roost chris steakhouse and uh spend a couple hundred dollars on a dinner and uh figure out how to afford that because <laughs> while I've sold a lot of books, I haven't gotten paid yet. So that doesn't happen until October. Uh, so the, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I've never won an award of this caliber before. So uh, it'll be awesome if it happens. And if it doesn't happen, it's still awesome because of who I'm standing next to to get to uh, to to be voted on. But if I do win, it'll be great. I'll celebrate. We'll uh, we'll have a good time.
0: So again, we're keeping the theme. If you win, where do you plan on displaying your trophy? So uh, so you're you know, so people can see it. Like, how you how are you gonna like, show that? I don't all?
1: have an office. I wish I had an office. Um, I have a bedroom office. You know. So if you like, if you like, if I took the 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 the, the, uh, the curtain down behind me, you'd see my bedroom. So. Um, but probably, I've got a my my we live in like we cohabitate with my my in laws. So, um, and they have this really nice grand piano in the living room. So I might just put it on top of the grand piano so everybody can see it when they come in. It's a pretty pretty sizable award from what I've seen.
0: So, so what you're saying is you would have to add on an addition for our library so you have a proper place to to share this. Uh, um, you know, at some that's, point, that's, I want to
1: build like a little World War II guard tower but big enough to have it be an office and then just like climb the ladder every morning to get my exercise to go up there to work and I'll have it in there.
0: Okay. That, that's an excellent plan. And, and you'll take pictures for all of your loyal fans to oh, yeah. uh, to journey there with uh-huh. you. So obviously this was not intended to be a full episode. Uh, I know, you know, we both got young kids that need things like food and, and medicines and, you know, not know. dying on us because we, we neglected them. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you fed them yesterday. So uh, how can listeners find you if uh, if they wanted to reach out?
1: Well, um, my website is jeffreyhhaskell.com, and there's a contact form on there, or you can just email me at jeffrey.haskell at gmail.com uh, or find me on Facebook. Just type in Jeffrey H. Haskell on Facebook, and you'll find me. I love talking to fans. I love talking to readers. I love talking to other authors. I'm an extrovert. I can talk and talk and talk and talk. You remember me at 20 books. <laughs> and... Uh, So, yeah, just reach out to me any of those ways uh, and uh, feel free to, you know, if you've got Facebook Messenger me, uh, yeah, reach out any of those ways. Go on Amazon and you can click on my author page and you can see all kinds of ways to contact me as well.
0: So we will link to the award. So it lists all of the categories and who's nominated for what. We will let link, although it's sublinked in there already. We will link the uh, the link for you to click if you wanted to sign up and vote. There's still time, and the uh, the wiki that I used for the definition of the Dragon Awards. Since uh, I, I believe, as an academic, we learned to cite our sources, so I shall. We'll link to all of Jeff's social medias. And speaking of social medias, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com. Backslash SF underscore fantasy underscore show Sierra Foxtrot underscore fantasy underscore show. You can email us at blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. Again, blasters and blades podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook where all the shenanigans happen over at facebook.com backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast. Again, backslash groups backslash blasters and blades podcast. You can follow us on our website at anchor.fm backslash blasters dash and dash blades. Again, anchor.fm backslash blasters, tack and tack blades, where you can support the show for as little as 99 cents a month. You can help us keep the lights on or you can support us more directly over at buymeacoffee.com backslash author J.R. Handley. Again, buymeacoffee.com backslash author JR Handley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast. And I promise I will keep my co-hosts, Doc Saska and Nick Garber, duly caffeinated. They will drink until their liver explodes. I promise you. But uh, anyway, thank you for spending some of your precious time with us for that aforementioned Nick Garber and Doc Seska. I am J.R. Handley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week at the same time where we'll indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom.